Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Good morning, 27 minutes now to 9. The time, time for your Mediated Conversation this morning. Yesterday, a court in Joburg allowed the social media influencer Matthew Lani to leave without being charged after he was arrested at the Helen Joseph Hospital over the weekend. For the moment, the NPA has not brought charges against him. I imagine that the Hawks are now investigating at what charges they can in fact bring. Lani had been on TikTok claiming he was a doctor and appearing to dispense medical advice. It also appears at one point he may have claimed to have had a degree from Wits University, but as the Gauteng Education Department has explained, in fact, he doesn't have a matric certificate. At the same time, while he was released without being charged yesterday, the Health Professions Act says it is illegal to give medical advice or conduct medical examinations of people without being registered by the Health Professions Council. It also says anyone who uses a name, title, description or symbol calculated to lead persons to infer that she or he is the holder of any qualification is guilty of an offence and, as I understand, the law can be punished. And yet, around the country, we saw a large number of people, we see a large number of people who are not doctors who claim to be doctors. So then, why is this happening and how dangerous can it be? We did ask the Health Professions Council to join us on this conversation this morning. They said they're not doing interviews on this particular subject at the moment. If they become available, well, obviously, we'll bring them to you. In the meantime, a past president of the Health Professions Council of South Africa, Dr. Josi Letlape, has agreed to you. We'll hear from the National Health Department about the scale of the problem. Foster Mohale is the spokesperson for the Department of Health. Also, the impact of this on doctors. Can you imagine having studied all of that time and find that some people are just doing what you do fraudulently? Dr. Mviyisi Mzokwa is the chair of the South African Medical Association. And then the power of social media in these cases, how almost anyone can create their own channel or brand and lie in this way. Ayanda Sishi Wigzel is a freelance journalist who specializes in looking at social media. We start then with Dr. Josi Letlapa, a former president of the Health Professions Council. He's played a big role in many parts of our society in the medical profession over the years. Dr. Letlapa, it's been a good it's been a long time since we last spoke, sir, and good morning. Uh, Good morning, Stephen, and good morning to the listeners. It would seem to me there must be a case for Matthew Lani to answer here. I mean, I'm not a lawyer and I'm not a doctor, but claiming to be a doctor when you are not is obviously breaking the law. Yes, it is. Uh, The challenge for the statutory bodies like the Health Professions Council is that we only have jurisdiction over registered members. So if you are not registered with the profession, it becomes a police matter. We can lay a charge, but it's up to the police to effect the arrest, and it's up to the police to prosecute. And that's where the weak link is. So in other words, this now has to be in the hands of the police, and only they can do something about it? Yes. Uh, If I give you an example of what the Health Professions Council has done over the years in terms of bogus doctors that have uh, premises and practice, even in those uh, situations, the Health Professions Council as an inspectorate. And once we have a tip-off or a complaint, we then work with the police. But it's the police that take charge. So it would be a similar thing uh, on these matters. And it would be the police that have the jurisdiction. So it's a gap that hopefully the statutory bodies, the Department of Health, the councils uh, need to discuss to see how you go forward. And it might require dedicated police structures that work with the statutory councils to eradicate this illegal behavior. I suppose some cases are also more difficult than others. In this case, 
I presume the videos on TikTok of Lani wearing a stethoscope and all sorts of things, claiming to be a doctor, are probably still available and won't be deleted. But in other cases, if someone claims to be a doctor, you'd have to actually get a person, a patient, who will say, this person treated me as a doctor. You'd have to bring testimony. It would be quite a long process. Yes, uh, but even if the person gives advice, you'd have to have evidence that you'd lead in court that this person gave advice to general society or to particular individuals, and that can prove to be difficult. Is it quite actually quite difficult to stop people claiming to be doctors, to prevent this kind of, I suppose the right word is fraud? Is it actually quite difficult to prevent it, difficult to enforce as well? Yes, it's difficult to prevent, it's difficult to enforce, and it depends on the might of our law and the might of the police service. We have serious crimes that the police can't cope with. So unless you create a dedicated unit to deal with this matter, it may become an ever-increasing problem. And some people will be making a lot of money in this way, and that's what actually often drives them. Maybe not in the Lani case, but in other cases, people are driven by money. Yes, and, and we have other issues that, are, that have even far more serious consequences. Uh, people that offer skin lightening, teeth whitening, people that are giving people intravenous drips for various reasons without proper um, qualifications and authorization and certification from a relevant authority. That basically is an assault. And we see all these things happening. But because these people are outside the jurisdiction of the statutory bodies, they cannot be dealt with. But it is a problem that is serious that we need to seriously sit down and find out how we deal with that problem. Uh, Dr. Letlape, in a case like Matthew Lani, it's a very high-profile case. Could it be important to set an example here? Well, it is important to set an example because remember, you know, one of the things that people do not realize is that there's a publication that said in the U.S., misinformation is now one of the major leading causes of death. Now, when people can just blab out and talk on health issues without proper qualifications, it becomes a problem. But that is even a more serious problem when you have registered practitioners saying things that are not evidence-based out there. And those are the challenges that we have to deal with. So this is going to be a test case about proffering advice over social media, whether there should be consequences. And it's going to be important even in terms of when you have registered healthcare practitioners offering advice that is against standard practice or protocols. What do we do in those situations? Dr. Khosi Letlape, thank you. Former president of the Health Professions Council, do appreciate the time. You're with SFM 20 minutes to nine. Your mediated conversation continues this morning about the problem we have of fake doctors. Foster Mahale is the spokesperson for the National Health Department. Foster, good morning. The law is pretty clear. You cannot claim to be a doctor if you are not a doctor. Are we finding that this is a growing problem? We actually have more cases of people who are doing this. They're claiming to be doctors when they're not. Maybe let me start by uh, uh, noting the outcomes of a court, court proceedings uh, on the case of uh, the bogus Dr. Lani. And we believe as the Department of Health and Government that justice uh, will prevail. Otherwise, this will send a wrong message to bogus uh, health professionals. See, I'm, I'm going beyond the doctor because uh, we 
believe that uh, the bloggers are not only the doctors, but uh, other health professionals. Otherwise, uh, this is going to send a wrong message that uh, there are no consequences for criminal activities. Okay. Um, so, I mean, it's important to get a, 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 some sort of outcome in this case. Are we finding that this problem is growing? Medical advice generally, medical procedures generally, not just doctors. No, no, definitely. Hence, uh, in the past uh, financial year, the, the Inspectorate Directorate of uh, HPCs, uh, working closely with the law enforcement agencies, SAPRA, uh, and other stakeholders, uh, we managed to uh, con- we managed to net over 120 bogus uh, doctors uh, through our unannounced uh, inspections uh, at uh, both public and private healthcare facilities. But for us to uh, root out these uh, criminal activities, we cannot do alone as government, as, as PCSA, as a law enforcement agency. We need the support of uh, community members because some of these uh, bogus doctors and uh, other health professionals, they operate within the communities in which we live. We know them, we, and we know that they are cheap. Others are the issue the signals without even seeing the patient. So we need to work with these uh, I mean, community members and other stakeholders in the community level to report uh, such a criminal activity. Otherwise, they put the lives of our people at risk. Um, there must have been cases where people were given the wrong advice and became seriously ill or almost passed away or did pass away as a result. Have there been cases like that? I would think that we would hear about those cases from time to time, considering how many people claim to be doctors when they aren't. Unfortunately, when, when people come to our health facilities uh, with the complications, they don't explain where else they consulted before they come to our health facilities. So, by the facilities, their, their health conditions have already deteriorated, but they don't tell us where else they went to. Just like uh, the, those who go to this bogus uh, 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 termination of pregnancy. They consult all those guys in the dark corners. They only come to our health facility when the situation is already worse. So they don't give us uh, that uh, background to say where have they consulted. But we know that some of them, they don't start at our health facilities. They start as these bogus doctors because they're cheap, because they're convenient, before they come to our health facility. This is very dangerous and we want to condemn this. Foster Mohale, thank you, spokesperson for the National Health Department. We'll leave it there, partly just because of the, fa- I'm afraid, uh, that phone line not helping us very much this morning. 16 minutes to nine. Continue your mediated conversation around fake bogus doctors. Dr. Mvuyisi Mzokwa is the chair of the South African Medical Association. He is, Dr. Mzokwa, a registered doctor. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning to you, Steve, uh, or Dr. Steve, uh, and, and your listeners. I'm a non-doctor, and I Thanks sometimes feel I need to say a non-lawyer. Um it must be incredibly frustrating when, as a doctor, you study for a very long time to be a doctor, and then you see someone basically lying, and often you'll also have to deal with the consequences of that person's bad advice. Uh, that's correct, Steve. Um, you will note that uh, you know this um, issue is, is causing lots of problems, as, as, as alluded to by my colleagues earlier on. Uh, because you're giving medical advice, you know, you don't know the status of that person. For example, if you are giving an advice on a, on a health uh, product, 
uh, you are dealing with a pregnant lady, for example, um, there are many things that you need to consider. You know, uh, you are trained to consider the side effects, whether there's, uh, there's a, there are contraindications to, to that uh, uh, health product. You know, there's many, uh, the age of the person and other underlying medical conditions. So it's not just an, a matter of giving out or dishing out a, a medication as if you are dishing out bread. So there, there, there's lots of issues that you need to consider. So if you are getting an advice from a person who's not uh, uh, trained, you are likely to uh, uh, get complications or even death at times. Uh, what uh, Foster was saying is so true because uh, when people come to the health facilities, they uh, re most of the time they don't report, you know, other issues. Or even if you ask them, they won't tell you they've, they've been somewhere, you know, where they got this medication and stuff like that. And at that time, they're in renal failure and they have other serious uh, uh, adverse e uh, effects on their bodies. So it's very dangerous for, 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 for communities. Um, so, I mean, it's also about, uh, and whenever I've gone to a doctor, one of the first things they ask, often the first thing is, what underlying conditions, what other medication are you on? Someone who hasn't been properly trained won't do that. And that shows you how important it is to know that information before you start a diagnosis or treatment. So, uh, very true, Steve. Um, like I said, you know, it, it has uh, serious implications on, on other factors. For example, if you are, uh, let's take an example of a person who's working using a machine uh, or use, even a person who's driving. If that medication is causing drowsiness, you are likely to have a collision on the road because uh, you've got a, a person who's a, a, a who's sort of drunk, you know, because of pills. And uh, you, if, if he's using machinery at work, it might cause serious occupational injuries there. So you can't just simply dish out medication without necessarily uh, attending to all this because you're treating a person. That is why we call it a person-centered approach because you, you, you look at all the circumstances around the person. Do you think someone who does this should actually go to jail? A fine wouldn't be enough? Does there need to be a stronger punishment than that? Jail should be uh, what uh, you know law enforcement agencies should be aiming for, so to send a strong message. Because I don't believe, Steve, that these people are just doing it for fun as we are, are, are made to believe. I, I think if you're spending so much time on petrol, you're spending so much time on buying data, uh, there must be economic benefits. It can't just be entertainment. I, I I don't buy that story. So there should be a, a thorough investigation, and these people must be brought to book. Dr. Mbisiem Zukweb, thank you, Chair of the South African Medical Association. Do appreciate it. Well, in a moment, how anyone can just start a social media channel with the consequences that we've seen. I understand Wigzel will be talking to you about that. You with SAFM, 12 minutes to 9. Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Ten minutes to nine, continuing your Mediated Conversation this morning around the issues that come up around fake doctors and Matthew Lani. Ayanda Sishi Wigzel is a freelance journalist who specializes in looking at social media. Ayanda, good morning. Good morning to you, Stephen, and good morning to all of the SAFM listeners. This is a person who's been able to create a platform just through TikTok. So in other words, all they needed to do this really was a cell phone and they filmed themselves talking it must be quite easy to do that. 
it is easy to do it uh, if we have the charisma to be able to garner a following. Then it is extremely easy to go onto TikTok and to create an account and to start dishing out information. Well, and, and I say information with inverted commas here because we need to take that with the grain of salt that it deserves from this account that we are talking about right now. But yes, in general, it is easier for social media influencers, um, well, for people to actually become social media influencers uh, through um, through platforms such as TikTok. Uh, such as Discord, uh, Instagram and Facebook and the likes. There must be many people who try it, but only a few actually manage to have any influence. Um, What's the difference? Why do some people fail and some people seem to succeed in getting large followings? I think that the point is that you need to get your content just right. And I mean the content that is just right for the certain audience that you're trying to go for. So, for an example, uh, there are a lot of uh, TikTok accounts that have to do with giving advice about relationships, uh, advice about life, uh, advice about exercising and working out. But that, how do you quantify that as a person who is doing that as a profession? So we know that they are life coaches, but what do you have to do to become a life coach? Do you need to go to university is an authority an authoritative board that you have to follow so i think that people need to be really cognizant of the type of influence that they are inviting into their lives and whether or not that content resonates with them unfortunately a lot of bad content resonates with a lot of people because as humans we are different we're not we're not a monolith you know we're not all the same so there is some unsavory content out there contents um from from the likes of of andrew tate the late kevin samuels these are people who had large followings on social media and had garnered huge followings because of their influence but at the same time the information and that they were giving out was 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 really not reputable to say the least some people actually carve out careers they make a lot of money i mean there's the famous example of the energy drink prime i mean that was just really influences so people we need to be clear um, and this was something dr mzukwa pointed to he said it wasn't just entertainment in his view there must be a financial motive here and the financial motive there must be one somewhere Absolutely. And when I was looking at um, at, at Mr. Lani's uh, uh, TikTok accounts, um, and I say accounts because they are they, they are many, so you never know which is the real one and, and, and which is the ones uh, that, 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 that have, 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 have been created after the saga. But what you notice is that there is a business business inquiries. There's always business inquiries on these accounts. And he was also selling products. And what is interesting to me is then when um, the Health Professional, um, when the Health um, Professional Council of South Africa says that they can only just press charges, um, you know, I understand the position that they're on, but I would like to know legally speaking, because he was selling products, um, and I don't want to speak about these products, I'm not endorsing these products, but he was selling um pills on his on, on his account that were meant to 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 remove your mukaba, which is an anglicized word for umkaba in Zulu. And so this is very concerning because when you're beginning to sell products, you need to question, are these products actually endorsed by the Health Professional um, by the Health Professional Council of South Africa? Are these uh, are, are these pills um, certified by the by the South African Health uh, Health Products Regulatory Authority, which is another authority that exists in South Africa, which regulates the medicines that we take. So people need to know this kind of information when entering um, while, when, when engaging on social media. 
So there are doctors that exist on that exist on TikTok who are more than willing to not only give out their practice numbers, but who actually give out information to say that you can go and search for my registration and my practice number, and you can enter my name and my surname into the Health Professional Council um, Council's mm-hmm. website, which is very easy to do. But the issue is that do people have access to that? Because we need to remember that this is online. And a lot of people, just like as the previous doctor said, nobody in their mind is thinking when they enter into a doctor uh, in, into a doctor's office or even when they're perusing on social media should actually stop and and check this person's name against the registry in which they exist and because we think that these these kinds of professionals that exist are are, are mean are, are professions that we can actually trust as people because they have regulatory authority bodies that we can go to but what we are seeing now in social media is that honestly there is a high chance that people are misleading the public and they know that they can get into legal trouble because of doing this, especially here in South Africa. But the pull of making money, which is what the previous doctor mm-hmm. said, that there is a monetary there, there is a monetary um, aspect to this as well, that because doctors are people who are trusted in our society, they have a level of social capital which they can garner because of the fact that they've gone through university and they've and they studied sure. and have acquired all of this knowledge, they are trusted. And so mm-hmm. therefore, if you say in society that you are a doctor, automatically people trust you. But yeah. now, obviously, since the advent of this, and- it's, it's, it's going to be really hard for professionals for professional doctors to garner that trust so i absolutely accept what you say about the financial incentive and i think that must be a big part of it could there be something else and what i'm talking about is we know and there are studies that show um particularly for younger people uh, of a teenage child um that social media can almost be addictive to consume can it be addictive to create and produce and i'm talking about the attention could some people yes. on TikTok and other places, they get the attention, they get a response, they crave the attention, and that also is part of the driver here. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head, Stephen. This is an ego thing. Without a doubt, if you're a fraudster, there has to be some sort of psychological narcissism that you must have, that you enjoy the attention that you are getting, that you actually start to believe the lies that you are putting out. Understand social media is curated. It's curated content. It's content that if I am creating an account, I'm only going to show you the best parts of my life, the best parts of this acquired knowledge that I've, pre- I've presumed to have. But we know that no one can go and check on that. Well, well people are lazy enough to check on that information. So they see the, 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 the account um, creator starts to then garner this, this, this attention and then couple that with the finances that come in on that as well and the financial back end of having all of these followers. It brings money and money coupled with attention brings that addiction of wanting to continue this lie. So then when it starts to topple down and it starts to fall, like what we've seen with Dr. Matthew Lani, the fall is deep. It is incredibly high to fall from those places because now we can see that this is indeed a lie. So I want people to be very careful and very cognizant of who it is that they are, number one, getting their information from. Where is it that they're getting this information from? And is this information verifiable? We need to start doing the work ourselves to make sure that we are not feeding into into, into the psychopathy of, of 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 these people who quite enjoy um this this level of influence that they have on social media because social capital buys you influence and that influence can get you through a lot of places which is what i think that this bogus mr lani was even able to get away with entering into hospital spaces because of that social capital that sure. he has garnered and also dressing up as as, as in, in a role mm. that he has not earned um is it something i mean we know famously, Ayanda, that the social media companies aren't going to do anything about it, are they? 
No. No, they're not. Um, so they're so not, it's, it's up to it's us as, as consumers. It's not profitable, honestly speaking. Um, we've seen this with Facebook in 2016 after 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 the the, the elections in the USA. Um, them coming to Congress and explaining and telling people that they actually don't have moderators that that are enough in order to 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 comb through the amounts of information that is coming out on social media. It's just simply too much. And if these if these companies are not going to put in the resources which they have to make sure that each and every country will have a, a group of moderators who speak the local languages to make sure that information is combed through and verified, then this this problem is just going to continue to happen. Ayanda, thank you. Ayanda Sichiwigzil, freelance journalist, as you can hear, specializing in social media. My thanks also to Dr. Mvisi Mzukwe, chair of the South African Medical Association. Foster Mokhale is the spokesperson for the National Health Department. And starting us off today, Dr. Josilet Lapet, Price, president of the Health Professions Council of South Africa. Well, I hope you found that uh, useful, as always. Be careful what you see 